All right, we're in our big Chronicles 2022, like, oh my goodness, it behind door number one every time. In this case, behind the vault door, <laughs> there's somebody that God has given them a passion, an insight, a way to see him that they only uniquely see. And then God gives them the courage and whatever to share that in beautiful ways. And so such would be the case for Cindy LeFevre. York. Like, she's my favorite, I can tell you already. <laughs> LeFevre Yorks. Yes. Um, wrote the vault door like immediately like am i locked out of this deal <laughs> <laughs> so vault is the third installment in the door trilogy that i wrote ah. so the first book was the side door and it it was inspired but not about 20 needs of 20 years of special needs parenting oh really so you're a special needs parent yes yeah, so my my kids are adopted i have two sons and my my first son is neurotypical and he's uh, on his own lives in denver he's 25 my Special needs son is 23 now, but he, around age two, wasn't really developing, and we found out that he had severe autism. And so, in you know, I, you don't know this, but I actually teach special needs Sunday school. Have for about 22 years of adult special needs folks. Wow. That I don't want to call them kids, but they always were all kids. They probably think of me as the biggest kid of all. So I have a great deal of um, joy. I can't tell you all the things these guys have taught me. Way more than I ever taught them. Yes. Um, right. You're, you try to teach a special needs person humility one time. Just go ahead. <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, they're there to teach it to you, right? You know, it's interesting that you say that, though, because uh, we were at a church where we actually kind of got kicked out. I mean, you know, I understand it now, but at the time it was really a kind of a sucker punch because – you know, that's the time when you need your church the most. And uh, in that particular faith tradition, they had infant baptism, and they made promises, you know, that they didn't keep. Oh, I'll but, never, ever forget. You're going to like this story. <laughs> and maybe I shouldn't tell it because people know what church I go to. But anyway, we got a new pastor one time. And, and our special needs class is kind of, you know, back through the Bible, came and filmed it because they got really neat stuff coming on. But, you know, it really, really, God's blessed it. And we have a lot of students. And so we get a new pastor, and he comes in, and he, you know, he's looking through the class, whatever. And he says, man, it's so wonderful that you, you know, keep these, these folks so their parents can go worship. And I said, you know what's even more wonderful? That you keep those parents so these kids can worship. And if you want to watch worship, let me just tell you, I'll put my 25 or 30 up against whatever you got in that sanctuary in any day of the week. And he looked at me like. <laughs> that is so beautiful. <laughs> but that was his opinion. He didn't realize that, man, these folks can worship in ways that, like, nobody can. Because it comes from the purest place. Right. It's complete humility. Like, you know, my soul cleaves to the dust. They get that. They live there. So true. And I really feel like now that whole thing happened to get me out of a place that was lacking oxygen and put me in an environment where I could grow and my children could be looked after. And my oldest neurotypical son, he was in the band at church and he was at an awesome youth program where he still connects to the mentors today at 25 years old. And you know, that was just all part of God's plan. So anyway, I wrote this. So side I door. completely hijacked this interview. It's on. No, I'm no, sorry, no. Sorry. But it's okay. But anyway, Side Door was the first book. And then I wrote uh, The Trap So door. go back to how that related to how God was working in your life when you, read the, when you wrote The Side Door. Well, I, I couldn't really write The Side Door while my child was still at home. 
I mean, I worked on it a little. Right, but, right. But then and that's a whole other miraculous story, which I have on my blog called The Domino House, because the Lord works with the right, dominoes. She's a podcaster and a blogger. We got all that. Yes, okay. right. Uh, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But the side door was birthed by the notion that, you know, you're walking along your path. You've made up your mind where you're going. And the Lord's like, we're going over here in this side door now. And, and I'm like, I don't think I want to go over there. This is where you're going. So I wrote that, and then I actually wrote all three books in a 10-month time frame, and the Lord multiplied it in a loaves and fishes manner, and I ended up being all three books instead of just the one. But anyway, Trapdoor is the second book, and it's about you're walking along, again, your own path, and then all of a sudden you fall into the abyss. No. And you're like, how did I get down here now? So it's all about how to embrace God's divine deliverance. And then the third book I refined during the pandemic, and it's called The Vault Door. Securing God's truths and promises in the vault of your heart. Well, you had it. So you had the side door, which I get that God's going to, like, okay, you thought you were going over here, but you're going over here. You it's had the trap detour. door. I've definitely en enjoyed that a couple times. Yeah. How about exactly. the vault door? What What is that the place that you would never let him and he's going to, or how does that work? The vault door is more a place, sometimes we have to secure things in. And during the lockdown, I did a lot of contemplation about that because that was a dark time, right? We didn't, there I don't know is. about you, but, you know, in that first week or two, I'm like, are we even going to be alive in a week? You know, I wanted to make sure that if anything like that ever happened again or is going to continue to happen, and let's face it, we don't know what's going to happen. And thankfully, as Christians, we don't have to worry about that. But even so, we've got to remind ourselves, don't we, about God's truths and promises so that we can secure that in the vault of our heart and retain the hope that oh, we need oh, to move oh, on. Oh, I get it now. Mm -hmm. and, and oh, is it it's so true. You know, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but it, it's really cool. In, in Hebrew... Your soul is called in the flesh, and it and it literally is a believing machine. Like its lot in life is to believe something. Mm. Like your soul is believing something. Wow. And 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 so when you believe something about God, especially His Word, you see your soul takes that into the vault. And it and it grows roots, right? And that's and when if you were to see it in Hebrew in the actual letters, you can see that it's it's like those seeds that are planted in good soil. That it is, has to do with faith, but it's it's a it has to do with belief. And, and so when I see that in the in the title of this book, I just can't go. But wow, I mean, that's really absolutely wonderful. Well, it's been a journey for me, and. I love how the Lord never wastes a hurt, right? And I just want to be an encouragement to people. Actually, my books were considered, you know, very briefly, but they were considered uh, for Alcoholics Anonymous because these books really deal with how to overcome adversity in a way that a lot of books don't, and especially a lot of books written by women. You know, you go to you go to the bookstore, the few that they even have anymore, and, you know, you see the hearts and flowers. I mean, my books have a different kind of cover, right? Oh, they're, yeah, they're yeah. They're pretty edgy, but, you know, men end up liking them, which I was surprised about because I thought, oh, just only women are going to read them because a woman wrote it. But I get letters from men, and they go through about this page on page 42 or whatever they want to they want to talk about their experience. And so it really draws people out. It draws people in because I'm dealing with the adversity and I'm authentic and transparent about it and then they can apply it to their own life and that was really my goal. 
So speaking about things that get in your soul, i got to tell you this. I heard this. Actually, I do a devotion in an old folks' home. That's one of the things I get to do every week. And, and so I, w I, was, I was reading up stuff that I like to hand them out papers, and I came across this, and it got my soul because I believed it immediately. It said, that if you ever consider the word guidance, that it ends in dance. <laughs> and if you want to dance with God, you better let him lead or he will step on your toes. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Right? And yeah. that's what well, that's what we do. The whole thing is a dance. And the closer we dance, the more we got to realize if we don't turn it over to him and let him lead, we're going out the side door. We're going in the, out down the trap door. I mean, you know, how, how many – so as I think about your book titles, I couldn't help but like that is, is kind of what God has had for me huh. for some reason the last couple of weeks to think, yeah, this is – this is so cool. And what this is, the Valdor, is a 10-day, a 10-week. So this is, a, you know, 10 weeks isn't a long time, but what a transformation you're going to have, right? Because if they're taking this 10 weeks and they're putting it in their heart, in their in their vault, their soul. Yes. And, and the other thing about them that a lot of people really gravitate to is the fact that each one is about three minutes to read. And you can definitely spend more time. You know, it's like any quiet time, right? There's verses you can look up. And there's personal storytelling and, and all kinds of ways. I've always thought about maybe I should start writing a study guide for all three, but I haven't gotten there yet. But I think you're onto something with your dance metaphor. I think there's a book in there for you. Because when you said that, I thought to myself, you're right. God needs to be the head of the dance, you know, but you better make sure nobody cuts in. Oh, Wow. It's a, I'm, I'm not going to write any books. God never called me to write books. Okay. If he does someday, then I'll know. But but feel free to jump on. Maybe somebody it else. It wasn't my idea. <laughs> you know, but I just think it's really neat. And, and when my soul grabs onto something like that, it, it's, it goes into that vault and it stays there. Like, mm -hmm. this is something to consider. It's beautiful. And I'm so glad that, that you had the courage, right, to step into that adventure, the courage to podcast, the courage to blog, and, and put yourself out there because – how many special needs moms, how many folks have, have, have gotten comfort from God, right? And so now you can comfort others with the comfort you were comforted with, right? It's, it's yes, and also I'm very authentic about some of my feelings. You know, I had a moment when I found out my two-year-old was autistic. I w you know, we had infertility problems, my husband and I, and I, w I was always thought I was so magnanimous. Oh, Lord, I don't really care that my baby doesn't look like me. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. I didn't sign up for this autism thing. And I remember standing on a grassy knoll that terrible day. I found out he had it, and the, there was this cold wind, and it blew through my hair. And I had this terrible notion that came into my head, you know, let go of his hand, and you won't have to watch him anymore. You know, I knew he'd end up on a milk cart, and I wasn't really going to do that. But that moment of terror that something that dark could come into my head and my heart, even if it was just for a millisecond, I'm like, oh, no. And the Lord helped me, and, of course, I didn't let go, and he didn't end up on a milk carton. But, you know, really, it's very embarrassing to tell and admit stories like that. And I think it's oh, really helpful. Oh, I can helpful. tell you unbelievably <laughs> embarrassing stories about what special needs folks have taught me. Yeah. Because I had this one boy. Oh, man, i got all these people waiting. i got to tell this story. you got to hear this. So okay. this young man, he was severely, severely special needs. And went in a wheelchair, and, you know, that skinny, and his head... You know, in in one of those things where he's cocked like that. His name was Joshua, and Joshua was completely non-vocal except every once in a while he would scream and he would go ah, 
like I mean, that's what he would do. Well, they had a tendency, as every time I begin to teach, right? And here you are, and it's pretty hard to keep autistic people's attention to begin with. And so, and then uh, all of a sudden, Josh was like, Rah! you know. <laughs> and and so we did this thing, like walk through the Bible. So that, you know, I went through a year of this, and to me, Joshua was annoying. I mean, he was just annoying. And his mom would come in. This is Joshua's favorite thing in the world to come to Sunday school class. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> and so that first year we had a Sunday school class, I mean this uh, Christmas party, and usually we would do the walk through the Bible stuff and show the parents what we've learned and all that, you know, whatever. And so we're going to do this. And, of course, right as, as soon as I start, Joshua goes into his, you know, and I'm like, oh, now here we go. And his mom says, Joshua, it's not your turn. And I went, oh, you pompous idiot. <laughs> Joshua has been trying to participate in the class this whole time, and you never gave him a turn. Wow. And so I listened, and, I, and, I, and I, then the very next day, after this was a class. And so at the beginning of the class, I looked at Joshua and communicated with him for the first time, right? Because he'd been in my class, but he was never a person. He was a he was somebody that was over there screaming, yeah. right? And I said, Joshua, I am just sorry. Like, I can't believe what I've done to you. I said, buddy, it is your turn. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. And he lets go. Like, anyway. <laughs> and once I understood, every class Joshua had his say, and he would only do it when it was his turn. He knew exactly what was going on the whole time. Yeah. And he only lived about eight months after that. Oh. You know, because unfortunately, with a lot of special needs folks, they just don't, you know, yeah. they only have so much time. Look how sweet and, and invested you are. <laughs> oh. You see the deal? Yeah, I, so. I get it. Believe me, and I, you know, I actually, I know this won't be a, a part of what's recorded, but I would really like to know how many parents. I'd love to mail you some books, maybe for the. Parents. Oh, this is recorded. It's going out. I, <laughs> I send every little detail. You do. Yeah, okay. I do. I, I figure my audience knows I'm whatever I am, and oh. they, and they, you know, they'll listen. So thank you, Cindy. God bless you too. And thank you for all your work. Your book again, the Vault Door, Cindy Lefave, Yorks. Okay, thanks.